Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. And away we go. It's Fantasy Sports Today right here. On the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, that is FNTSY. Dan Strafford and Mike Blewett along with you this morning talking about all things sports for the next three hours. You'll hear from George Kurtz in hour number three on today's show. We will, of course, talk about that uh, little football game happening on Sunday, but we'll also touch on some other topics from around the NFL, the NBA, uh, and uh, Major League Baseball if we are so moved. But first and foremost, <coughs> let's see how Mike's doing. Mike, you a little under the weather? What's going on in your camp? It's not, not too bad. Just a little bit of a, a sniffle, but uh, it's probably more due to a lack of sleep mm. uh, than anything else. As you and I were talking about before, the little kids can wake you up. Uh, earlier than you would like. So uh, I'm ready to go. I, I said uh, to Sean Engel, our producer, before we got on air, uh, I think I'm almost talked out on the Super Bowl. Yep. But I do have six more hours to go. So these three, and then tomorrow I'm on from 12 to 3. So I, I got to pace myself and not uh, hit the finish line too soon. I was going to say, Mike, you're you're a little under the weather. You're sleep deprived, which uh, we were talking. I am as well. My my youngest decided three o'clock was a good time to party last night. Um, you you got to make sure you don't pull a hammy. Like you don't want to like, like you're. They say all the time that sleep is the most important part of exercise. And you and I are coming in cold here. This yeah, I'm a gotta terrible make sure. sleeper. Just in general, I have apnea. Yep. I wear a freaking CPAP, which I hate having to do. Sure, but I have to do it. Um, and I didn't do it last night because I was so tired. My head hit the pillow, and I, I didn't put the mask on. So, uh, look, we're off to a bad start because we're talking about my CPAP three <laughs> minutes in. But or uh, a great real, start. I or just, a great start. I suck at sleeping. It's my whole life. Snore, apnea, just really brutal. So when you throw kids into the mix and they really mitigate the amount of sleep mm-hmm. that you can get, it makes for somebody that's. Uh, perpetually tired yeah and and that's a fun state to be in i've been there for about eight years since my first child was born so uh we will uh pivot here from sleep if if anyone wants to to talk sleep we're happy to here on the show uh (laughs) 844-843-6879 phone lines will be open throughout uh the morning uh sean angle behind the glass uh getting us up and running here always on the great music as well i appreciate his work but uh, Super Bowl 53, obviously going to dominate pretty much any sports talk or any station you turn on uh, over the next 48 hours as you have the Rams and the Patriots uh, ready to go at it. The rematch from 2002 where the Pats obviously sort of started this dynasty run. Um, you had the Vinatieri kick and you had, uh, uh, what was it? I think Pats were plus 14 in that one. Uh, a little bit of a different flavor here. Uh, I know the Patriots. Yeah. <laughs> I know the Patriots. Uh, like to play the underdog card, but uh, not nearly the, the underdog they were then. Uh, the greatest show on turf going down, Mike Martz and, and Kurt Warner, of course. Uh, but there are a lot of narratives, Mike, and they can get drowned out and they can get overspoken about. Uh, but it does seem, and I want to get your take, not necessarily on um, what happened in the NBA, but it feels like this has been a week where it hasn't been so over the top. It hasn't been such a drumbeat of Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, because the NBA gave us a little spice of life here. The NBA gave us some news uh, and some big news over the past four, well, even seven days. Do you feel like you've been saturated and inundated by Super Bowl, or is it just more that you've been talking about it so much? I think I've been talking about the Super Bowl a ton, so I... I do get to the point after these two weeks where I'm like, all right, let's do this. Let's get the game going. <clears throat> I'll probably feel like that. Towards the end of the show today, I'll, I'll be thinking, 
I'm excited about tomorrow's show, but it'll really be like, let's get to the game kind of thing. Um, there isn't any doubt, though, that because of the two huge, well, one announcement, one yep. actual trade, one reference to becoming a free agent by Kyrie, Anthony Davis and, and a Zinger being the other one. I, yep. I, I'm a Knicks fan, so for me, that was a huge impact on my NBA following and, and exactly what kind of stories I would read. So I had to pour into that for a little bit, and I'm really bummed about it. Uh, I, I do think there's been plenty of Super Bowl talk, but th- to your point, first of all, the Patriots are back again. Yep. So how many times can you do that? Well, aren't Brady and Belichick awesome stories? First of all, <laughs> a lot of people don't like them. Yep. And But we know it's unbelievable. And, yeah, I know a lot about Tom Brady because he's been around forever. It's incredible. We got it. Most people want them to lose. Um, they have millions and millions of fans, but people want to see different stuff. It's just the way it goes. Dynasties are impressive, and I like to see the best teams make the big games, but you don't want to see the same team winning over and over again unless you're a fan of that team. That's the reality of it. Yeah, it's uh, a great point, not necessarily even about the NBA, but you can only tell the same story so many times uh, and and in different ways. And we've now been here, what, nine times in the Belichick-Brady era uh, of them being in the Super Bowl. They have won five, looking for six, and can be uh, tied with the Steelers for most all time. Sorry, they right, yeah, that's right. And then uh, if If they they win win, the Super Bowl... They'll tie the Steelers with six championships and surpass the Steelers right. for most postseason wins ever. And think about that. This is a team you we talked about it last week. This is a franchise that was more bound. Like this, this is a franchise that was uh, close to the laughing stock of the AFC in the mid 90s. Um, you know, they had some, you know, rays of sunshine across the span of a few years, but this was a, a franchise that had been sort of forgotten. Uh, and here we have, and I, I think one of the, the fun things to talk about, we're going to get into some narratives here in the first segment. We're going to talk plenty about what the Rams need to do to win, what the Pats need to do to win. We'll check in on, uh, football specific prop bets we'll talk a little bit about the entertainment and and commercial prop bets and the things you can watch on the periphery of the game but I I do want to touch on narratives a bit here at the top because I think they make they they color the entire page right that that's what gets us to uh, appreciate the game a little bit more than just grown men hitting each other over and over again uh, you have the the narrative of what happens when Brady and Belichick leave right so I think we all try to project out there's no effing way like there's I don't know other way to say it that this continues beyond Belichick and beyond Brady I'm a big Belichick believer less so in Brady I think he's one of the greatest of all time don't get me wrong but I think the genius lies with Belichick um Kraft has been fine he's done what Belichick has asked him and and you you leave it at that but you have Gronk talking or or at least intimating that this could be retirement uh Devin McCourty <laughs> Rutgers guy so uh I'm a yeah. big McCourty twins fan um you yeah, have Devin McCourty player. Yeah, and he, he's been solid. He's a great, great uh, ambassador for the sport. But he sort of said, hey, if we win, I might peace exactly. out. And then he, he walked that back a little bit later in the week. But these are some key pieces over the past few years, obviously, for the Pats. Not the entire dynasty, but more recently. Do you think that's at least enough narrative to make you watch a little closer how a McCourty plays, whether or not Brady does, and this isn't really the Patriot way, but whether or not we see a ton of Gronkowski in this game? Are those narratives yeah. you think at least are legitimate? Well, first of all, it's hilarious that Brady said there's zero percent chance I'm retiring. Yes, so yes. you can kind of appreciate the fact that he's still that competitive where he's like, no way. I'm not going anywhere. Like, I'm doing this again because we get to the Super Bowl all the time. And why wouldn't I want to do that? Um, I Look, in the grand context of, and I think it will always be a debate, and some past fans won't even hear it, that it's uh, it's Brady over Belichick. For me, it is Belichick over Brady, but I think if Brady was on a different, moderately successful franchise, yeah, it would have won Super Bowls. Like if he was a Steeler instead of Ben, yeah, they would have had good enough teams that he would have been able to win. This obvious pairing with Belichick has taken it to a level that we haven't seen in the right. history of the league. So uh, that I understand. 
could it continue after Brady? I mean, that is an absolute crapshoot because you have no idea who's going to be playing there. But I think Josh McDaniels, if he were to continue after Bill walked away, he really is in a position where I think he understands the level of detail regarding situational football that makes the Pats so good and why they win all these games in the margins. As good as they are, they're just extremely well coached. Now, you have to understand, Bill's 67 years old, 66, going to be 67. Brady's 41, he's coming back. Uh, You have Dante Scarnecchia, who's already retired once (laughs) and has made the offensive line just, I mean, he might be the best coach in the league, period. He takes any collection of offensive linemen and just makes them great. So um, those are the types of things that they'll be turning the page on that you have to consider long term. So, yeah, that would be certainly a difficult thing to assume that they will continue, even if McDaniels has all the tricks, all the Belichick tricks. He's going to be working with a different quarterback and different players. Um, As far as the Gronkowski narrative is, is concerned, I'm trying to fight against it because it it does logically make some sense right. that Gronk was a part of that Chiefs victory and he has not run as many routes as he did in other seasons, obviously. Um, but I could see him being a part of this. And the Gronkowski touchdown odds were they opened at around 180. I think they're down now, but... I think you can find some interesting Gronkowski overs. Uh, the problem is that those are going to be pretty chalky. I think people yep. are buying into the narrative that Gronk is going to be a big part of it. And the pass are pretty good at utilizing. It's Of all the guys that it's been hard to figure out, first of all, you've never really in fantasy, you've never really wanted a Patriots back until like the last two seasons when White was such a big part of the passing game and then Michelle was obviously very successful particularly at the end of this season Gronkowski historically has been pretty difficult to figure out he had a couple of those just game in game out dominant seasons but really the last couple of years you have monster games then you have standard tight end games where he goes three for 30 and doesn't score Um, so but I think that's game plan appropriate for the Patriots. They know that Gronk, on some level, even though he's not what he once was, is a threat to that you can use as a decoy. Yep. So they may say people are going to expect us to target Gronk 12 times. We're going to dial it back, get Hogan or Dorsett in the mix, and run some unexpected plays. That's right. Yeah, I think I think you just nailed it. And, and if you read any of the previews for this week, that you know CBS has a gigantic one, uh, ESPN, Bill Barnwell has a deep dive. Uh, a lot of the DFS writers out there in the world and fantasy football analysts have you know breaking down the numbers around Super Bowl Fifty Three. Uh, I think that you have discussion around Gronkowski could be a big part of this game plan. He could be, but projecting that he will be is difficult just on his usage over the past, you know, eight, 12 weeks, uh, injury concerns. Uh, so it is much more narrative than numbers driven that Gronkowski will come out of this with, you know, the most receptions for the Pats or or an over number. Um, it is a fun debate to have and fun discussion to have. You made a point also about the Pats in general. Uh, in one of these previews, they they make the point about the defense that, it's hard to predict what the Pats will do on defense. That's why they're they're so good is they they cover in such a variety of ways and they disguise it. And they do it on offense too. So much motion, so much movement, so many different game plans uh, that on any given day you could see a, a, a you know a guy like Patterson or Hogan uh, be the most targeted because it's just Belichick understanding how to move things around and Josh McDaniels really making it work. Um, trying to keep a, an eye on other narratives uh, that might be out there. Uh, obviously, you have the fact that the difference in age between Brady and Goff is old enough to drive. So uh, Brady is 41, mm-hmm. Jared Goff 24, uh, 17 years between them, could get a license in most states. He was seven years old when these two yeah. teams played in the Super Bowl. I mean, it's, it's insane. And uh, so Brady is now the second, will be the second uh, 40-plus quarterback ever to play in the Super Bowl. Do you know who the other one is? The 40-plus-year-old quarterback to play in the Super Bowl, uh, Steve Grogan? 
It's it's uh it's a trick question. It's Tom Brady last year. Tom Brady was oh, yeah, forty yeah, yeah, yeah. last year. See, yeah, I I, I, I had to pull pull, pull the fast and loose. No, I'm yeah. playing fast and loose here, Mike. It's uh, it's, a, it's early on in the show. You threw trivia at me in the first segment. Trivia on uh, well, I knew I had an in here. The sleep deprivation, like I I had a, an easy easy I'm one. Pretty there. sharp at Super Bowl trivia. <laughs> so, oh for one. <laughs> well, we'll get you back on on off the schneid. Don't worry about that. Uh, looking back at the season, uh, Goff and the offense. We'll talk about the LA Rams. Uh, we know the narrative around Gurley coming in. We'll talk about Gurley and the offensive line for those Rams. Uh, C.J. Anderson, what role he'll play. We'll talk about what we see as the path forward for the Patriots. How they're going to make this work. How they come out with a W. Uh, lots to break down, and we're going to do our best to look at both sides of the ball for both teams and talk about some of the fun prop bets that are out there as well because why not that's a lot of the fun of this game uh, and you uh, figure out and look back at you know refrigerator perry prop bet uh, where prop bets were really born plenty to get to here on fantasy sports day dan Trapper, mike blewett we'll be back on the other side of this break talking super bowl 53 and the new england patriots Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Trafford and Mike Blewett here. Pardon the the laugh here, but Sean Angle behind the scenes does a great job of getting us in and out of the breaks and uh, keeping things light. Uh, don't forget, get 50% off at DailyRoto.com Elite Monthly Membership if you sign up before Super Bowl 53 kickoff. Elite packages feature access to premium fantasy content for all sports, premium lineup optimizer for FanDuel and DraftKings, that's for NFL, NBA, MLB, and golf, access to betting tools, player props, and more, customizable fantasy projections and rankings for FanDuel and DraftKings, professional commentary via premium podcasts, written fantasy content and slate breakdowns, FanDuel and DraftKings ownership projections, that's for the NFL only, DFS strategy guides, research tools, and lineup alerts. Just enter the promo code SB53 to get your 50% off DailyRoto.com elite monthly membership and cash in on your prop against the spread and totals wagers on the big game. That's promo code SB53. Dan Trevor, Mike Blewett here with you talking all things sports, but focusing in on that football game that is set to take place tomorrow at about 6.30 Eastern time, it's Super Bowl 53. It's Rams and Patriots. Uh, Mike, uh, let's uh, let's take a look I at these. I feel bad, by the way, that I said Steve Grogan was, uh, <laughs> he, was like, he was like 32 when he played in the Super Bowl. But he played like 240. The me- yeah, he did. The memory of that most fans have of Steve Grogan is like with the neck roll and just lumbering around and, and getting – the crap beat out of him in the late 80s is i mean he played for 14 seasons or something crazy like that but yeah i think yeah 15 16 seasons he played so um but but at the but at the end at the end the end of it it was just you know he was a back and i was lumbering around he did play till he was 37 but that was when the the wheels really fell off the wagon in new england after they got crushed by the bears it all went south it's uh, it's funny to look back at that era or even any era of the NFL and how slow the game was. You know, just yeah. how like it is obviously changed because of the rules for defensive players, uh, the athletes getting much better. Uh, and any sport, you can make the same if you watch, you know, 80s basketball. I, I remember, uh, forget what game it was, but uh, it was a, a, maybe the, the Knicks-Pacers game where Larry Johnson hit the four-point play. Um, and it was fourth quarter, right? And it was 89, 88. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, yeah. just, wow. That's a whole well, different yeah. league. Late 90s, mid to, mid to late 90s NBA hoops was just a slog until they finally started 
until they pulled back on the hand checking rules and the game really opened up into a three point bonanza. Amazing. But uh, we do want to take a look here directly on the New England Patriots, what they need to do to come out with a win, their sixth Super Bowl win in nine tries. Uh, obviously, uh, Mike said in the opening segment that would tie them with the Steelers uh, for the uh, all-time lead in the NFL for Super Bowl wins. If they do pick up the victory as well, they move ahead of the Steelers for most playoff wins uh, in NFL history. Uh, crazy run here for Belichick and Brady, uh, but all dynasties were meant to die. I don't think that's actually the way the phrase works, but I'm going to use it. Um, we need to talk Pats here, Mike. And obviously it all starts and ends with Brady in a lot of ways. Uh, this is a team that uses some motion, uses a lot of running backs out of the backfield, lots of crossing patterns uh, to get their offense going. Uh, from your vantage point and from uh, what you see from this game, how did the Pats attack here? What's your, your sort of checklist of things they need to do from an offensive standpoint to make sure they uh, come out with the W? So the way it breaks down, I think, and I, you know, we've, I've been over this with a bunch of people and really tried to get different perspectives, including people that are backing the Rams. And I think the difficulty for the Patriots is going to be that the manner, look, any quarterback is going to get rattled by the pressure, the, the manner in which the Rams get pressure, which is up the middle through with Aaron Donald and, and Dominic Sue pitching in as of late. And, Particularly, Brady doesn't like it because it slows, it blows up the pocket. He's obviously not mobile, so he is going to struggle a little bit with that. Uh, you think back to the Giants' Super Bowl victories over them. They really brought pressure with just the four defensive linemen not blitzing and not getting a particular amount of pressure on the outside. Michael Strahan might disagree, but the reality is the other offensive linemen pushing up the pocket and blowing up the pocket is what made it difficult. Just two years ago when they played Atlanta, that game is going to be remembered for its comeback. But <coughs> even though Brady won the Super Bowl MVP, he wasn't having his best day. His statistics in, at the end of it looked great because he threw a bunch of touchdowns and over 300 yards. And statistically, he looked fine. But for big portions of that game, he had thrown a pick six uh, on the Edelman catch the famed Edelman catch. He basically threw an interception there, which would have ended the game. And he wasn't as sharp. And it is because Grady Jarrett was having a monster game. He had three sacks. He had additional hurries. And Grady Jarrett would have been the Super Bowl MVP. Not Matt Ryan, not Julio Jones, not anybody else. Grady, Grady Jarrett was blowing up the pocket and making Brady uncomfortable. So that is the level set that they're going to have to realize how do we neutralize Aaron Donald in some way? And they may not be able to. But the reality is, I think they're going to do a lot of counter runs with Michelle running away from Donald. That's A. And B, the most important part, is I think it's James White and Edelman all day. Particularly White, to get the ball out of Brady's hands quick, which they all they already like to do. Right. And, and Brady throws throws they have more success throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage than any team in the league and it's because of James White uh so I think it's White and Edelman very quick throws which they're going to take some shots with Dorsett and Hogan and those guys but a majority of this passing game the vast majority is going to be getting it out of Brady's hands because there's going to be less of a pocket and they're just going to try and do work there so who's ever on White is going to have to have the game of their life Yep, and uh, White had, what, 17 targets, I think, uh, two games back in the game against the Chargers. Uh, Kansas City only had six targets. Uh, obviously, it uh, was a, a come-from-behind win uh, in the end for the Patriots, or I guess uh, uh, from a tie game, getting it done in overtime. Uh, wasn't as used, uh, but the game plan, I think, vastly different against that Chiefs defense than it would be as you laid out here for the defensive line specifically. Uh, and there's some key pieces uh, for the L.A. Rams that could be uh, a big part of that defense. And we'll talk a little bit more specifically about them later. But you have a, a defensive secondary there that may be a little bit a little bit underrated. You know, Akib Tlaib has finally been back and healthy, um, and I think that you're going to see a lot of Marcus Peters here getting some stuff done. So um, whether or not they drop one of them into coverage of a white or they try to get a linebacker on white, which seems like a, a, a bad plan uh, well, for the way it's why, worked out. Yeah, so a couple of things. I, I, Peters has not had a good season. 
Nope. He's got a ton of talent, but he's been downright awful according to pro football focus grades. Tlaib yes, has sir. actually been really good. And despite the fact that he's made news in a variety of other ways, Nikel Roby Coleman uh, has actually graded out as the 16th best of Sixteenth best defensive back in all of football. He so, just may break on the ball a little too soon. I mean, yeah. I mean, he he. <laughs> well, he admitted that. Look, no, I was absolutely. beat. I was beat. Is the only thing I could do. Which, frankly, as a defensive back, is the play you need to make because yep. it's a touchdown. If I don't do this, so I'm just going to take the penalty and we'll try and come up with a stop. They got you know. Plus, there's the one in a thousand chance that they miss it, and that happened. So. That aside, and the fact that he started shooting his mouth off about Brady being old, which is the one—it's all Tom Brady needed. I, I'll, if I had a prop bet, will Tom Brady get Nicole Roby Coleman's face after he scores on him? I'd put my house on it. It's going to happen. Nicole Roby Coleman's just going to feel the wrath, the competitiveness. It, he's going to get in his face about it. I've seen Brady do this a number of times. He's motivated to score on that guy specifically. But Roby Coleman has, in fact, been really good. So he could be... Uh, up on any number one of the, uh, on any of these options. Peters has been bad. He's been bad in the playoffs. So I think the Pats are going to pick on him. So I, I, I think the talent's there. One guy. Go ahead. Yeah, I, you're right. I, he has played. But I think the talent's there where he could be a difference maker. If he has a if he, if he has a good game, if he is on play a little bit more zone and let him read Brady and break on the ball, I, I think it could be a difference. Well, that's maker what he does. Him. Yep, he does try to break on it. I just think he's going up against the wrong guy to play that go. kind of football. So, Makes total sense. So uh, so that's that's a big part of it. Like you said, White had a ton of targets, 15 for 97 against the Chargers, I think was the, the final tally for him catching the ball. So that's it for the Pats. Can the offensive line, which is stronger at tackle than guard, which helps yep. the Rams, can that offensive line hold up in any way? And how much does it disrupt Brady? But – you know, we'll see. Brady got disrupted against the Falcons a couple of years ago. And they still won. They, I mean, a variety of mistakes made by the Falcons, but they yes, still sir. won. Even though he was getting, he was getting hit. He was getting sacked. He threw a pick six. He threw other acceptable passes. I got kicked out of my uh, Pat's friend's house. They thought it was me. They uh, we were watching that game. They're like, "Hey, you got to go." Yeah, I went home, and then everything started going right for the bat. So I, I take the full blame of that one. Do have a caller on the line, Mike, and want to uh, get yeah, to Drew it. here. Uh, Drew from North Carolina wants to talk a little Super Bowl DFS. We'll keep talking about the, the Patriots after this call. Drew, how are you doing this morning? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you? Good. What's on your mind? Well, uh, a few things, but uh, I what, hey, blew it. I'll, I'll take, I'll take I, I won't take your house. But I bet you a hundred bucks. <laughs> I bet you a hundred bucks Brady doesn't go get in Roby's face. I I would I absolutely think Brady he'll try. don't want none of that. Well, I'm not saying Brady's <laughs> gonna win it. I'm not saying I'm not saying Brady would win a fight. I'm saying he's also got uh, six off, uh, five offensive linemen and Gronk to back him up. But I've just seen it. Okay, seen yeah, it do it too I'm many saying times. that. Yeah, yeah, blood, blood. Listen to me though. I'm saying that's who he's going to go yell at. I bet you he won't go yell at Roby. All right. Well, he's well, going to go yell see. at all his buddies. He's going to say, yeah, we're the Patriots. Who's old now? He's not going to go in Roby's face. He's going to go yell at Gronk and Edelman and his best pals. All right. We'll see if he throws a little bit of shade at him. But uh, uh, Let's go, Blood. Let's put 100 on it. I, Roby I sus- and his pals. <laughs> Okay. okay. What do you got for us for DFS? Okay. Yeah. All right. So I got to be honest with you. I'm really uh, green at DFS. Um, sure. But I, I'm wondering, I, I'm starting to think that it's about you got to get a core and then find the diamonds in the rough, right? Yep. Yeah, I mean, so, I, so, I think that, yeah, go ahead, Dan. Yeah, Drew, it's really, this it, one, if you're green, Drew, this may not be the, the, the time to hop in just because this is, a tough one. this is, this is uh, wagering. This is almost, you know, really playing parlays of five players and, and that's, that's fun and I'm going to do it and I've already built lineups, uh, but for the Super Bowl 
specifically uh, for this game, the one game on both FanDuel, DraftKings, all the sites. Uh, yes, you're right. You want to build a core, uh, build what will be considered chalk, get players, three or four of them that you think have the highest upside, the best floor. And then you're looking for the the Pattersons, the Hogans, uh, the Higbees, um, you know, the guys who are off the radar for the most part who have some potential touchdown upside. Um, you're looking for scores. There should be plenty of scoring here, uh, but it, it's not going to be – it's going to be a lot of people tying for first, first of all. Uh, and second of all, uh, it's it's just a situation where you have so few choices to make, it makes for a, a tough uh, way to climb the standings for sure. Yeah, Drew, the one-game slate is tough. It's the showdown yep. slates are tough because you're you're building lineups that are are going to get matched by a lot of people, so it's hard to get any kind of edge. Right. I'll, I'll explain. I'll explain what I mean True. because I, I I don't mind playing a short NFL slate. Sometimes I'll play a four o'clock slate, and uh, when it came to the championship games, I certainly played a few lineups there, and. I, I entered a lineup where I think top prize. I'm thinking back. I think it was seventy five grand, and myself. The guy that I won $37 on like a $3 bet. Pretty good. Made 12x. You got you can't get broke making a profit. But the guy that won the 75 grand, we had the identical lineups except for two players. He had Brandon Cooks instead of Tyreek Hill, and Brandon Cooks was $2200 cheaper. Um and he had he picked James White. In, no, he picked Sony Michelle instead of James White. I thought it was going to be a big white day, not so much on Michelle. So the, what's, the irony of his lineup is that he left over $2,000 right. on the salary cap. So he found an edge by doing something that most people wouldn't have the stones to do, which is leave a whole bunch of salary on the table. But in these shorter slates, right. it's really difficult to get an edge. And- um so I would say the one other thing, Drew, to think about. I would is, say play um, it for fun, but yeah, to Dan's point earlier, the one game slate is difficult. There it is. Uh, they, it, play it for fun. Play it for you know a couple of dollars, and meaning a couple of dollars, what you can afford. It's not meaning two dollars only, but just uh, whatever within your realm of. I'm playing. Um, I'm all right. Playing. Yeah. So do what's it. your focus here? Who are you focused in on? What 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 players do you think are your core as of right now? My core right now is Brady. Uh, White, Woods, and Gurley. And yeah. I'm thinking uh, Reynolds might be – but, like, I don't know what the budgets are looking like. I'm just uh, spitballing well, right now because yeah, I haven't even I th- looked at it. Yeah, Drew, so uh, appreciate the call, and I think it's a conversation to have, and I'm sure it'll be had on this network over the next 24 hours. Um to Mike's point, this time of year, leaving cash on the table matters. Now, again, if these companies, the DFS companies, are doing their job, and I, I mean that not in a negative way, but if they're doing their job, the pricing should be so sharp that you need to use the entire salary. Like, that's the idea of it. Like, that's that's how it should work. But they're not. They want people to play. They want people to be able to play the players they want. Um, and the edge is in uh, ownership. And there are plenty of sites out there that, that do ownership. I did the Daily Roto read. They do NFL uh, ownership projections. Um, and the edge is also um, in leaving salary on the table. So yeah. you're, you're going to have. Right? Yes, you are. Yeah, 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 still here, bud. Okay. Well, yeah, I, some of the stuff you guys have been talking about. I just uh, So I, I played DFS a long time ago when I was uh, – it was a solid three years ago of sure. season-long fantasy, and I I made it about nine weeks, and uh, I, I overstretched and busted out, and I, I was like, right. man, screw that. <laughs> and but anyway, I played uh, NBA last night, and I was just a uh, Monte Morris for the Nuggets away instead of Jalen Brown from like yes, sir, you know. Just regular money to like some good money. <laughs> yeah, the True. margins and are, the margins are really thin. Oh, that fifteen points just <laughs> makes such a difference. So many spots are different. Drew, we appreciate the time and appreciate you calling in, uh, Mike. I think we have a, a few more thoughts on DFS on the other side of the break, and we'll, we'll get uh, yeah, back to the past. Drew, as well. keep listening, and I'll, I'll put the lineup together that you wanted to put together. I'll see how it plays out. 
We will talk about that on the other side. We'll talk more about the Super Bowl and, of course, talk about some of the entertainment aspects as well, commercials and more. Back with more after this, Fantasy Sports Today. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Trapper, Mike Blewett here on Fantasy Sports Today. I will be with you till 10 a.m. George Kurtz slides into my seat then. As we talk Super Bowl 53, we are on till 11 a.m. this morning. Plenty of coverage throughout the day here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We're talking to Drew from North Carolina before the break there, Mike, and talking DFS, and I know we're going to take a look specifically more so at what he was trying to do, but I just want to remind and and, and drill down on the idea that the single game DFS is is new. It's something that with PASPA being repealed, the, the DFS sites felt they could make the move towards. So there isn't as much data around how to build lineups uh, for that as there are for the typical standard DraftKings FanDuel uh, lineup creations. But you're, you're dealing with typically a multiplier for one player. Uh, it's an MVP, I think, on FanDuel and on DraftKings. It's your your king or whatever it's called. Captain. Uh, Oh, your captain. I, I make some things up sometimes, but uh, your yep. captain on DraftKings. Um, so you're dealing with a multiplier one, and then you're dealing with flex positions from there. You have six spots on DK. I think it's five on FanDuel. Don't have it up right now. Um, so it's a, just a different way to build comparatively to your standard or or uh, typical uh, DFS lineup. With that said, there are ways Agreed. to do it and ways to, to build it, uh, and there are ways to maximize your opportunity. And I said before the break, ownership. And leaving some cash on the table typically will get you a variant lineup. And that's what you're looking for in these large-scale tournaments. You're not looking at cash. You're looking to win. Uh, you're looking to, to come in first place. The, the, the amount they take for management fees uh, over time, you're just going to lose. And, and Drew made the point that a few years back, he played more than he should have, and he busted out. And that's why I say, have fun. One, this should be fun to, on Sunday. And two, play within your means. And then yeah. have ha, build that lineup as best you can. So, what do you did you were you able to build a little bit here, Mike? Yeah, to your point. Like I think a lot of the mistakes that people make with wagering is like, uh, I had a good night, so let me let me just ramp it up a little yes, bit. Yes, sir. Here, I think you just go in with a budget. I think you should play, especially when you're new. Even if you played in the past and you took some time off, when you get back to it, just play. I I personally would play like five to ten lineups a weekend mm-hmm. for the NFL. You can play different types of games, throw one in a tournament, do the rest in cash, make them lower level. Because if, if you're trying to learn and get better at it, do right. it that way. If you're trying to be a hitter and you don't care if you lose 100 bucks a weekend or a couple of hundred bucks a weekend or more, like you would at on the tables at Vegas because you don't know what you're doing, that's fine if that's fun for you. But I'm saying if you're trying to learn, yep, spread thirty bucks around on a whole bunch of lives. They have dollar games, two, three dollar games, five and ten dollar games. Like I live on the five to ten dollar games. I'm not a DFS pro. I know a lot about it, but I refer to the Daily Roto guys who are the real experts. In making some money, and I, I, when I make money, it's usually as a result of Daily Roto's advice. So I can't recommend that enough. Between their podcasts and their write-ups and the lineup optimizer, it's really helpful. So, um, you know, I ran the optimizer for this showdown slate on DraftKings, and only one of them came up. And this twenty lineups, so only one of them came up with Josh Reynolds. So I think that's going to be a tough one. But I to build it the way he wanted to do it, I put Todd Gurley in the captain spot. I got Brady, Reynolds, Woods, James White, and then I've got 
I've got money. I've got fifty five hundred bucks left. Now Gronk is up at six grand. It'd be nice to squeeze him in there, but I can't. And then you have C.J. Anderson, Rex Burkhead, Philip Dorsett, Chris Hogan, the both kickers and both defenses. If you want right. to drop all the way down to a Higby or an Everett to get an edge, it's fine. You're going to leave three grand on the table. But as I just detailed, it doesn't particularly matter. I, I what, know uh, how much salary there, is left. There are some in fantasy who want to ban the kicker, but uh, uh, kicker is important on the showdown slate, especially in a game that's going to score a lot of points. Uh, yeah. Don't don't ignore the kicker here. Uh, don't ignore the the kickers for both. Obviously, Gustavski. I wish Zerline was healthy. Yeah, it, that is a big part, but it it that is something to consider too. Don't just think offensive players. Uh, points are scored, and that's the other thing. Uh, to Mike's point, I agree completely. I always uh, I quote unquote grew up playing DFS on the idea that your bankroll is a hundred percent every given slate. You should play no more than twenty percent of that bankroll. Uh, and as it diminishes, still 20%. Um, and in that 20% varies on what you want to play, but about 70 to 80% cash and then 30, 20 to 30% in GPPs. So that's just sort of a framework for those out there who are new to DFS, looking at NBA, looking at uh, the showdown slate. Uh, with that said, though, um, you really want to understand the scoring of these games. Like You don't want to just go in thinking, oh, it's PPR, I know what I'm doing. Look at what the, the kickers get. Look how that scoring works. Understand it so you make better lineups. We do have another caller. Uh, that is Nathan from New Jersey. Uh, Jersey boy myself. Mike, I know you know the Garden State. Welcoming somebody from New Jersey. Nathan, how are you doing today? Hey, what's up, guys? Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Um, no problem. I got what's two, up? I got I got two things, um, one on the Super Bowl and then one on the Porzingis trade. But sure, first, sure. The Super, but first, the Super Bowl. Um, Man, um, even like, I, here's one thing: uh, the Rams have a chance tomorrow. But in order in order for them to beat the Patriots, they need to play. They need to pre- put some pressure on Tom Brady from the inside. The outside, I mean, from the inside with the Sue and the Donald. So if yep. they can put if Donald and Sue can put the pressure from the inside, then they have a chance to uh, beat the Patriots. And uh, plus, if they can get the running game going, like I'm a Cowboys fan, so. They did. They ran all over us that game. So if, if they can do the same thing like they did against us, then there's another uh, key component to beating the Patriots. But for yep. uh, to to uh, beat the Patriots, and I think for if, whoever wins a coin toss, I think if, if I were the Rams, I would uh, defer it because uh, you, you know how the Patriots are when they defer like the second half. I think it's important to get the ball in the second half. Especially playing against the Patriots, except that the game. Chiefs deferred yeah. and it completely yeah. backfired. <laughs> yeah. exactly. and well, that's the thing. Mahomes well, was not. Mahomes didn't see the field in right. twenty degree weather exactly. for forty five minutes. So, and Nathan, uh, I I want to get Mike's take on this. And I, Mike, you already started going there. It's also the idea of. You're the underdog as the Rams. Yeah. So, like you don't want to get down early to Brady. You don't like you just don't want that feeling. So Mike, uh, would would you defer or do you think this is a spot if the Rams win the toss, you get the ball in the hands of Goff and, and see what you can do on offense? I, I I would try. I I think there is some value in deferring. The Pats defer all the time, but I think they'll like to take right. the ball here and yeah. score like they did against the Chiefs. But I I can't. I think their game plan will be somewhat similar to what it was against the Chiefs. They just won't be able to run with ease uh, right. against the Rams like they did against the Chiefs. The Chiefs were one of the, were the worst rushing defense in the entire league. They do, they they fired their defensive coordinator minutes after the game because right. he couldn't find a solution to that. But you're right about the pressure. Uh, the good news is that they only get pressure up the middle. They're not good. Mm-hmm. They're not a good edge rushing team at all. So that does play to their strength. And against what is a their their offensive line is really good in New England, but their tackles are better than their guards. So uh, Donald can do some work there. So your point yeah. there is important. Uh, I think the Rams' rushing game will have to be good. But what's more important to me. And it's why I will be picking against them is that Gurley's going to have to have a monster game in the receiving portion of the Agreed. game. And it's something he's great at. And getting him out in space against linebackers mm-hmm. that he is can overwhelm would be really important. I trust McVay to do it, and I trust that Goff can get it done. I just don't have any evidence that Todd Gurley is completely healthy right now and or can get this done because where has he been? How does he disappear in an NFC championship game? It just doesn't make any sense. 
And Nathan, what's that thought on uh, Porzingis? Yeah, so I'm a big New York Knicks fan, so I just want to. All I have to say is thank you for the Mavericks for taking on those uh, bad contracts, uh, yeah. Tim Hardaway and, and Courtney Lee. And uh, it was, I mean, it's horrible to see Porzingis go, but I think we're, I think at at this point and the, the season is the way the season's going. I think it was a great, the right move from the front office to get rid of Porzingis and start. He wants to start our fresh in a new place, so give him that chance again with, with his good friend Luka Doncic. So I think he's going to excel in Dallas. But uh, when it comes to the Knicks, man, we we got that cast face now. Now it's all up to the front office to make that the sales pitch. So hopefully uh, we can land two free agents. My, my wish list is KD, Kawhi, or Kyrie with both. Either uh, KD or Ka- uh, Kawhi with uh, Kyrie. That's my wish list. Well, uh, that's a great wish list. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say that I would. there is absolutely zero reason for me to trust the Knicks front office. There that's it is. That's the bottom line. I understand that this is a new uh formulation of the next front office but there isn't any reason for me to trust james dolan you you said it yourself that it's horrible to see porzingis go that's it he's a somewhat known commodity you can argue excuse me you can argue that he's somewhat brittle because he's had an acl he's had other injuries will that continue to be an issue for him but I would love to have Porzingis. What is wrong with having Porzingis and a high pick and one free agent? That, that was fine, that plan. But now it's like, all right, we have uh, space for two maxes and a high draft pick. But maybe that's not Zion Williamson, who's everybody, who everybody's in love with. By the way, he's not necessarily the best pro prospect, as impressive as he is in college. So, uh, so you, you're banking on things that they haven't been able to pull off for years. There's a constant rotation of point guards in New York that yes, can't seem is. to play very well. Trey Burke, Frank Nilakina, we have Emmanuel Moutier, and now we're bringing in Dennis Smith, who, frankly, I wanted the Knicks to get a couple of years ago. But they literally have well, had they drafted a collection Nilakina of over point him. guards. Yeah, they would literally have a collection of point guards all drafted in the top ten, none of whom can seem to play, and one of whom was a malcontent in Dallas. We'll see if he can turn it around in New York. If he's if he reaches the heights that he did his rookie season, then I think we have an opportunity for Smith to build with one of these free agents. I'm not assuming they're going to get two. I would think they would get one. But let's just say it's Durant. Let's just, for argument's sake, Dan, it's Durant that they get. Yep. Where's Kevin Durant at in this point of his career? He's going to New York while he's over 30 to do what? To dominate or to have fun? I I, I just don't know. I, I, it might be a different time in his career. Yeah, I, I think it's spot on. Nathan, thanks for the call. And, and you're right in that, uh, Nathan, that you're you're talking about Kawhi and KD and, and right. Kyrie. And that, that makes total sense. But I, I'm with Mike here. I, I can't trust this front office to get it done. We've been down this road before. You know, hashtag summer of LeBron. Uh, everything was leading up to that summer. They're clearing cap space so that LeBron James would sign in New York. And, and we all uh, saw what that was. Uh, you know, we saw how that turned out. And I, I, as a fan, I am a Knicks fan. Um, I would love to think that Kyrie and I'd love to think that KD or Kawhi want to come to New York. But I have this overwhelming feeling that it's going to be DeMarcus Cousins and Jimmy Butler. Like it's it's going to be these pieces that don't quite fit, uh, pieces that aren't quite what the Knicks need. And I loved Porzingis. And yeah, maybe he had uh, not the right body type per se, seven foot three wingspan, like all things that didn't quite mesh for him, him body wise. And Mike, I think you nailed on something. We, we're dovetailing to NBA a bit more than I, I planned, but Zion Williamson is a, a, a man amongst boys in college. I really am intrigued to see how he plays in the NBA against people his size, people of the same like skill level. Right, he right. He can't play like that. It, it, exactly LeBron, right. Everybody wants him to be, well, remember LeBron was like that? Okay. We're picking, we, we, we make the these comparisons where you want him to be the greatest player. He, he could be just like the greatest player in the history of the NBA. Okay. Right. I guess he could, but there's the chances of that happening are approaching zero rapidly so i don't see an appetite for me to get on the zion is going to be just like lebron train but besides the fact that lebron was 
in freakish shape for a 19-year-old. He was built like a 25-year-old NBA player already when he entered the league. Zion isn't quite built like that. Uh, and, addition- and additionally, LeBron's skill set is different. He can run point guard, and he's much more like Magic Johnson than Michael Jordan. And Zion isn't like that. Zion does try to dominate people physically in the paint. Yeah, makes total sense. And while you were talking, I did uh, also Google uh, Nick's point guards. <laughs> and it's, it is a mess. It is a mess. And you look at, uh, I mean, who remembers By the way, Nate it's Robinson not just the Steve... Knicks. It says, oh, it no. says more about the NBA that they keep missing on these point guards, and they're so quick to get rid of them. Moody, how many discussions Jeez. did we have about Moody before the draft? How great this guy was going to be. And he's on his second team, maybe on his third. Trey Burke, he's moved around the league a few times. I like Trey Burke, actually, as a player. Uh, Neil Kina and, you know, now Dennis Smith Jr. We'll see. Oh, man, Langston Galloway, Jerrion Grant, Brandon Jennings was there, Ron Baker, of course, Neil Aquina, Ramon Sessions, all over the past three years. Um Quickly getting back to, to the Pats on the defensive side of the ball uh, before we hit the top of the hour. I, it's, it's obviously that they're going to scheme to stop this offense from the Rams in multiple different ways. Uh, we hear over and over again the narrative that Belichick stops one star. That's what he does. He focuses on one guy, and he takes him out of the game. Does he take Gurley out? Do you think that's a legitimate work plan or game plan, I should say, for the Pats? Or do you think this is a disguise as much as they can and throw a bunch of different looks at Jared Goff? It's it's obviously going to be the thing that I'm most interested in. I thought for, during the Chiefs game that it was going to be Kelsey that they would try to eliminate because they yep. have done that in all the previous matchups. And then at the end of the game, you're like, oh, Tyreek Hill hasn't done anything. So, And Kelsey had scored a touchdown and caught a bunch of passes, including some, some key third-down plays for Kelsey. So uh, I am curious to see who they're taking out. Based on last week, it leads you to believe that will be Cooks this week, that they don't want them to get beat on deep. And I think it is apparent, as good as Devin McCourty has been over the course of his career, the Pats can get beat in yep. the secondary. Uh, it isn't a strength of their team. I think their linebackers are good, but not particularly athletic. And I yep. think there have, I wouldn't say discipline issues. I think it's probably an overall athleticism issue in their defensive backfield. McCourty's good, but he's at, you know, he's talking about, he's intimating retirement. So I think that says a lot about where he's at. So um, I think it'll be Cooks that they try to eliminate, let Gurley eat, but if it's a monster Gurley game and we're seeing 200 scrimmage yards, then that can swing the game. We have plenty still to get to. We'll talk a tiny bit more about the Pats. We have to touch on the Rams offense and defense. We'll take a look at prop bets as well. Plenty to get to here on Fantasy Sports Today. Back with more after this on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.